Good morning and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. This is M. M. Say hi. No. My name's Liv. And we're your Meta Sidekicks. If you didn't get that from the beginning, we're twin flame psychic mediums and psychic comedians that tell you everything about all the things paranormal, metaphysical, and in between with a comedy twist. And we have a special guest today. This is my dad. Dad, say hi. Hi. The man, the myth, the legend. Today we're talking about Bigfoot. You're welcome. And it's not just my dad and I as the missing links that walk around the forest banging trees and scaring small children. We're actually going to talk about the cryptid himself. Are you excited, Emily? I still don't know what it is necessarily. <laughs> what is the difference between a Yeti and a Sasquatch? It's a good question. <laughs> How many licks does it take to the, get to the center roll of a Tootsie Pop? Also, what is the plural of Bigfoot? Bigfootsies. We talked about this. Or feetsies. Yeah, but maybe the expert knows. Big feet. <laughs> big feet. Is it really big feet? I but don't know. A Bigfoot has two feet. I guess. <laughs> Do we call them a gaggle, a herd, a family, a flock, a Prob- flock of Sasquatch? Probably a pod. A pod? Like whales? I'm about it. Makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So... What do you know about Bigfoot, Dad? Before I get into the backstory, history, and then uh, Wikipedia search summarization. Probably about as much as everybody else. Well, what is a Bigfoot? To you. T- to you? <laughs> yeah, specifically no, to the daddy I'm so confused of what it is. Is it just like a, an ape that's just really big? Is it a different species altogether? Some prehistoric thing, you know? I, I believe it's a different form of humanoid. So... Mm. Got you. That's very different than what Liv has told me. Make love to your microphone, Dad. Oh. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You said it's a humanoid. What? I believe it's a something that evolved as humans evolved, but went down a different path and then kept to itself. So then what's the difference between a human and a, a Bigfoot? <laughs> one sells you Jack Link's well, beef jerky and the I other one doesn't. That I can't explain, I guess. So are they the hairy things? Because I always thought oh, that they well, were just larger than normal ape-looking things. <laughs> well, yes, they're they're hair-covered, fur-covered mm-hmm. beings that are very reclusive, don't want to interact with non-Bigfoot species. Got you. They're found all over the world, mm-hmm. or at least they've been claimed to have been found or seen, sighted. Footed. I mean, the, what's that? Footed. Oh, and I... Obviously, as with everyone else, I'm my biggest disbelief is the fact that there's no evidence, tangible evidence, that they truly exist. Mm-hmm. Any evidence that has been found and then forensically analyzed typically goes back to some other species. So whether it's a bear, a deer you know, whatever's native to the area the sighting was or the evidence, supposed evidence was found, it never proves definitive that they don't know what it is. And that's just baffling. So Mm. So you're of the opinion that it is some sort of evolutionary subspecies humanoid that roams without bounds of the entire, like all continents. Correct. And that you still believe in it regardless of the fact that there is no proof. However, you do feel that you need proof, but you're still like, I want to go Bigfoot hunting. Yes. Great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And the reason I believe or strongly believe that they exist is because there's citing history that goes back hundreds of years. 
I mean, before, like in North America, it's well before the colonies were even established. Uh, we have numerous Indian tribes all over North and South America that have sightings in their folklore. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is just too too positive a sign to say that they truly don't exist. And you have sightings up to current day, so it's not like they stopped at some point in the history and then have never been seen again. Yeah. So just to give you a small history on my daddy he is an electrical engineer by trade with an MBA, but he loves Bigfoot. And I just have listened to like four or five different Bigfoot podcasts that are like, dun, 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 Bigfoot, dun, dun, dun. And then they always have people on there and it's either the person like lives in the mountains and has never been anywhere besides the mountains. And they're like, I definitely know that Bigfoot exists because I saw Bigfoot myself and it's great. But then there's also people like, I have a PhD in astrophysicists and I believe in Bigfoot. And I just want everyone to have like both sides of everything. Um, I'm of the same opinion of my daddy-o in the corner-o. What is your thoughts of Bigfoot and its existence? Because I know some people think about parallel universes and interdimensional beings be the only person because you asked me to talk to things because we're psychic mediums so usually how this goes is one of us does the research and one of us talks to weird spiritual things i was the one that talked to weird spiritual things so the first thing that came forward is this man that has a very large beard mustache thing he's bigger built he's got like a little beard gut spiritually spiritually the mountain man (laughs) yeah he looks like a mountain man he's got a big staff he's got a hat (laughs) He's got angry man face and he came to tell me things because immediately I was like, um, am I really going to talk to a Bigfoot right now? <laughs> he just walks in. You smell that smell, that smelly smell of Bigfoot. And he was like, no, you're going to talk to me, which now I'm not sure if he's a Bigfoot or not because Liv tells me about weird mountain men things. And I now I'm confused and concerned because now I still don't know the difference between a Sasquatch and a Yeti. <laughs> or a bo- an abominable snowman, Bigfoot, all of the things. One is cold and one is hot. So we well, did this. I, what I think the difference that there really is no difference between Yeti and Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to refer to them as. It's just the location of where they reside on the planet. Ah, location, location, location. Oh, what? Those are not white? <laughs> well, I want to get into that. I thought they were white. <laughs> I have a story for that, too, because I thought that there was like a location difference, like Yetis and abominable snowmen are ones that live in Southeast Asia and like Nepal, that sort of cold mountainous area. And then the ones that are home to North America and Norte America, Canada, those ones are the brown ones. But I heard a story of a dude who's from Norte America and it makes me just like lose my mind because now I don't know if there was a Yeti here or a Sasquatch or a Sam Squitch or if they're all the same or different. But Em, you were talking to the mountain man. Yeah, because I don't know the difference between a Yeti and a Sasquatch because when I was, I think it was when I was four, we went out into the forest for a birthday party with the little weird racket things on our feet and we caught an abominable snowman. However, it was just a man in a costume, so we put him in a room and then he melted. While you were (laughs) eating cake. (laughs) And I think that's not a Sasquatch, that's actually a Yeti. Ah, but we called it the abominable snowman when I was four. (laughs) Em's wanted for murder. And melting in an abominable snowman. Yeah, because apparently cake. if you put them in warm rooms, they melt. <laughs> or at least that's what they tell you when you're four. So I was talking to this mountain man thing that may or may not be a species of Bigfoot. 
which is interesting because, again, freaks me out. But he tells me about weird ideas surrounding parallel universes. So if you have no idea what we're talking about during parallel universes, we have a podcast about that. Go check that out because it's a lot. (laughs) So what he talks about is the parallel universe in which Bigfoot exists is very, very close to where we exist. So there is this weird thing that happens that people call the Mandela effect, which is when I ask Liv, is it possible for parallel universes to bump into each other and like get all shift around? Is it? Is it really, Liv? I don't know. I've heard people talk about it. Oh, that's where you got that information from? Yeah, we have a listener story. If you guys want listener story, you can join Patreon. But we literally have one of the best Mandela Effect listener stories I've ever read or heard. And if you don't know what a Mandela Effect is, it's where you remember something a certain way and then just randomly in your future whatever, now it's different. But there was nothing like caused it to be different no one said anything that it was different i think what is it curious george that has the weird things or the weird bear things yeah the bronson bears bear knees bears something bears it's like a child's book and everyone's like how do you spell the name and every mandela effect is like the name is spelled differently and then like soup cans look different Pooh bear like looks different something like that do you know what the mandela effect is dad no what no what don't really yeah it's like i do know it was the berenstain bears thank you we needed someone that was older to understand that yeah it's like the i before e except after c but in the mandela effect it's like switched or something and then there's like curious george has like a different face or like wears a hat or doesn't wear a hat or like pikachu I'm looking them up now. Yeah, Pikachu has like a brown spot on their tail and if you live in a different universe it's like a different tail. Mandela effect. Do you remember any of these weird things? No. <laughs> no. That's sniffle. She's singing the song of her people. You probably can't even hear. Maybe. Dynamic mics. Got to be closer than that. Got to be quicker than that. <laughs> so anyways, That's what this man was talking about. He was like, we live in a parallel universe that is very close to Bigfoot. So there is sightings because people, A, have the ability to like see through it, but they also remember what they saw because it bumps into our universe like every once in a while. It is interesting that you say that only because I continuously follow different Bigfoot search type shows Mm. and or I... Anytime I come across articles, I read them and there is a lot of, and I'll say it's more recently that I've been seeing this, that people claim Bigfoot can mysteriously just disappear. They see him, then they see somewhat of a flash of light, like a time war time, like a time lapse door or wormhole door opens up. They step into it and disappear. So people think that he's an interdimensional creature. Well, that makes more sense of what this man was showing me because what he shows me is he shows me the existence or the plane of existence where Bigfoot is and then the plane of existence where we exist, but they bounce together. So it's like I told you in the video, those weird Kong things where he's like climbing the tower or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's that's the information inside my head because I'm not sure what a Bigfoot is. So they bounce together for a second and then they like split off again, which is why you don't see a whole bunch of them because they literally just are there for a second and then go away. Mm. So 
Maybe that's why there's specific places in the world where you see them more too, like conglomerations, because the timelines actually bump into each other in those specific geographical locations Mm -hmm. or geographic locations. (laughs) I don't know if geographical is a word, but it can be. Fight me. (laughs) Yeah. So the mountain man just explained it like that. Yeah. That they're in a parallel because we're talking about mermaids and mermaids are a little bit farther away than Bigfoot. Yeah, so we they people see mermaids, but mermaids don't exist necessarily here. And when I'm saying mermaids, the like traditional half lady, half fish people, mm-hmm. we talk about it. You go go watch all of our podcasts. If you don't know what we're talking about, watch the rest of them or listen to them. Whatever I think you should you try do. and watch them. It's she says that all the time, and I'm like, guess what? It's on YouTube. You can watch them. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> you got anything to say about that, Daddyo? No, not at this time. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to get into my notes that I have about Bigfoot, and we're going to learn about how cool he is. It's going to be great. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, for many years, as my father has said, there are tales of wild, hairy humanoids existing throughout the world. But we're not talking about this. Or this. Or this. I'm talking about this. I can't do the this. visual thing for you today. I know, but if you're watching the podcast doesn't work like that. If you're clairvoyant, it does. Let us know. No, you can actually watch it on YouTube. Liv doesn't get it. Well, no, you can watch it, but it's just the same it's thing. it's not us. <laughs> it is. But it's just like a picture that moves a little bit with our waveform frequencies, I believe. But if you're watching it with clairvoyance, insert whatever you want with that joke. Anyways, the alleged cryptic said to inhabit the woodlands of North America... Uh, has a large demographic of mainstream scientists who discount the existence of it due to anecdotal claims of sightings, alleged videos and audio recordings, photographs and casts of large animalistic footprints that, again, are alleged. And some of these allegations are known or admitted hoaxes. There's actually, like, this one guy who literally did this for, like, four years and made at least $50,000 or more and was like, April Fool's! It's not real. And like got all of these big like news show commercial people like NBC and Fox and all this other stuff just for nothing. And he did it like literally four times. He's like the man who cried Bigfoot. Literally. Because yeah, I told you in the video that it's kind of like snipe hunting, if you know what that is. <laughs> so when I was a kid, which I was never involved in these. I thought you I was crawled out young. of hell. You had a childhood. About. Demons have childhoods. Yeah, I crawled out of hell and then I became a child. What the heck do you want? I was a demon. demon. Now I'm a child. A child. (laughs) So, snipe hunting. Unfortunately, I was not involved, but I have heard many stories about it. It's based upon something that is real because a snipe is a type of bird. It is an actual bird that exists. However, when you go snipe hunting, you're not actually going to find a snipe. (laughs) Or at least when you do it with children because... The adults, they would bring this bag, okay? And then all of a sudden, when none, none of the children are looking, the adult will be like, ah, I gotcha. And then they start moving the bag all around like there's something in there. And then 
30 years later, when your child's 30 also, they just finally realized that snipes are actually real things. And they were not hunting those types of snipes. <laughs> what are actually snipes? They're birds. Look it up. What it <laughs> I just think about Kevin from Up Raw. You know what I'm saying? Here, snipey, snipe. Maybe he's you saying a, that because it's a bird. <laughs> you had a fun childhood for a demon. Except I for the go fact that hunting. I was not involved in snipe hunting. That's what I said. You won't listen. Yeah, but you Literally. got to go yeti hunting. Yeah, because I was uh, friends with someone. It's and because like, it's a birthday party, and Jenny and I did not go because it was too cold. We waited until they found the man. I remember sitting on a bench with him, and I was like, this is a dude in a fur costume as a four-year-old. And then we put him in a room, and literally they just poured a whole bunch of water in there, which water damage, like. And then I was like, where is the dude? Why is there water all over the place? And then the adults were like, he melted. I was like, oh, I didn't know first it could melt. <laughs> what do you got to say? Uh, that's just, that's yeah. funny. That's a snipe. They're a bird. Well, that's what this this uh, wilderness mountain man was like. It's based on a real thing. However, the people that do the hunting thing, mm. it's like snipe hunting. It's really cute. So there's a lot of people that cry wolf about it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. So we're not talking about Yeti or the Abominable Snowman. We can talk about that in another podcast, but we're going to be talking about Bigfoot. Well, we're going to now I'm even more confused because in the video, Liv was like, there's a difference. And then she brought her dad here and he's like, there's not that much of a difference. And I was like, ha ha. Well, I wanted to talk about it in the podcast or in the in the YouTube video. And I think I mentioned it a little bit, but we're going to talk more about it in this podcast because I literally this person started talking about it. And I was like, whoa, maybe maybe they're the same, maybe same, same, but different. So anyways. For the information that I have, it's for Bigfoot and Sasquatch of Norte America. So Bigfoot also include South American cousins. And by South America, I mean like Southern United States, not South South America, South Southern U.S. Their cousins are known as the skunk ape, the Alamus Yaren and Yeti. And those ones are native to Asia. And there's also the Australian Yowie. Because yeah. when you see it, that's what you say. Wasn't there ones in Florida that yeah. do grass things? Yeah, no. I don't believe the uh, skunk ape is... A thing? Well, related to Bigfoot. No? You think it's different? Yes, because I, they're Oh, they're all different? Well, it's significantly smaller than a Bigfoot. Bigfoot oh. are much larger, typically 8 to 10 feet or bigger, upwards of 1,000 pounds or more. And the skunk apes are more like man-sized, almost like a wild escaped ape mm. that just became adapted to its its environment they got to be able to outrun the people with alligators i thought they were all the same just different names because they're in different places yeah i thought it was just a different name that's not the way i i looked at it when i have listened to your extensive knowledge that would make more sense (laughs) because i was like are you kidding me kansas florida I thought they were only in mountains. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like Colorado, California. Like, like how can you be secluded in like Florida? <laughs> Eastern United States. I didn't think that they'd be in Florida. Florida's too hot and they got people or without Kansas. Kansas. I mean, I mean, Kansas Bigfoot flat. <laughs> or Sasquatch has been sighted in every state in the country. That's mm. what I'm saying. And I mean, there's significant activity, well-documented activity. And I mean, I will share a story of a, a personal story of a friend who owns property and has... Uh, has experienced Bigfoot activity and even had researchers come out who basically 
said, yes, there's been activity on your property. Mm. Wow. Researchers? Yes. Are they like a part of a Bigfoot place group thing? Yes. BFRO, Bigfoot Research Organization. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. They, they spent three days on his property and came back and basically said, yeah, it's this is definitely activity here. What did they have to, okay, wait, you're going to have to t- remind me when I get to my Bigfoot story, you have to tell me like what they specifically found that said or proved to them that Bigfoot was on your friend's property. Okay. So how did Bigfoot get its name? Picture it. It's 1958 and you're working for a logging company in Humboldt County, California. You and the other people working on the Jerry Crew logging team start noticing that oil drums weighing approximately 450 pounds are being moved around and no one's the wiser about who's done it. So one day, you and the boys notice some naked footprints sunken deep in the mud of the Six River National Forest. It was me. (laughs) Crawling out of hell. Wow. It was me. (laughs) Y'all think it's old Wallace playing tricks on the crew, but eventually other crews start talking about how they've seen the same tracks too. Eventually a man named Andrew Ganzoli from the Humboldt Times is called in to report on the matter to let the townspeople of the county ruminate on the news of the presumed big-footed creature that's stomping around these towns. Ganzoli interviewed various lumber workers and wrote articles about the mysterious footprints, introducing the name Bigfoot in relation to the tracks and the local tales of large, hairy, wild men trouncing through the forest. A plaster cast was made of the footprint, and Mr. Jerry Crew appeared himself of the Jerry Crew logging team, holding one of the casts on the front page of the newspaper, which was published on October 6th, 1958. Do you remember 1958, Dad, or were you just a twinkle in the eye of the universe? That was a decade before my time. Man. The New York Times and the Los Angeles Times also got wind of Genzoli's articles, and thus the nomenclature of Bigfoot was added to our vernacular. However, in 2002, Old Wallace was outed as the culprit of the 1958 Bigfoot activity when Ray Wallace was deceased and a member of the logging crew, according to his family, their statement said that the large footprints actually made from Wallace himself from a carving that he'd fabricobbled in his own time, in between moving oil barrels by himself. To this day, despite the family's claims, Willow Creek and Humboldt County, California, are considered the Bigfoot capitals of the world. What a deathbed confession. You're just sitting there, and you're like, guess what? Remember that time at band camp? What is Bigfoot capital? What city? It says Willow Creek and Humboldt County, California. What in California? Yeah. By the mountains, perhaps? The mountains? I don't know where Humboldt is. Maybe it's Neither. in Northern California, I would Does assume. I feel like the, the Bigfoot capital should be near mountains. I mean, if it's in California, they don't they have that like Hollywood Walk of Fame where people put their hands in there? We need to have a Bigfoot. We need walk to find the original Wallace cutout, carved footprint, and someone's got to make that. I'm sure there's a theme park about that. <laughs> they got one of those for everything. <laughs> a theme park? Yeah, we go to the Naruto theme park as well. I just want to be on my deathbed and confess something like, I was the one that started Bigfoot. You? Yes. Uh. <laughs> I just want to have some sort of awesome secret like that when I die. And if I do, then I did it right. You could have the theme park underground. Then it's going to be called Gnome World. We can have like Elvis down there too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually just Stitch in an Elvis costume. Sorry. All right. You got any questions about that? No. No. 
Great. <laughs> now I got lore and stories. So as Daddyo said, North American indigenous cultures of North America had stories of mysterious hair-covered creatures living in the forest, which predate modern claims, such as the 1958 account from Wallace, of Bigfoot. On the Tool River Indian Reservation in Central California, petroglyphs created by a tribe of Yakuts at a site called Painted Rock are alleged by some to depict a group of Bigfoot called the Family. So it's not called the pot, it's called the Family. Fair enough. <laughs> the local tribes people call the largest of the glyphs, quote, Hairy Man, and they're estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. I don't, 500 and 1,000 seems like a large gap to have an estimate. 500 to 525 years old seems pretty okay, but 500 to 1,000 is is a lot. I don't know why they don't just carbon date it. I mean, maybe carbon dating it will ruin it, which is why they don't do it. But anyways, that's just what I thought. In the 16th century, Spanish explorers and Mexican settlers in California told tales of Los Vigilantes Oscuros, which means the dark watchers, large creatures alleged to stalk their camps at night. See, and when I saw Dark Watchers, don't we talk about Night Watchers or something? That one person's spirit guide, remember? It's not the same thing. I know, but it also makes me think that it could be derived from something like that. What if the Spanish... I'm pretty sure that lady just came up with a word to call what she was seeing. It's not like mythology of, this is the Watcher. She just was like, I see this weird thing. I'm going to call it a Watcher because that's what it does. I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. It sounds a lot cooler so, in Spanish. No, it's <laughs> not the same thing. Not even remotely. Anyway. No one else talks about it. Not mythology. Bada bing. Yeah, but what if Spanish people have the same spiritual thing in their culture and then they saw it in the real world and they're like, was it a hairy ape? Because it's not the same thing. <laughs> well, it just says that they tell tales of the dark watchers, large creatures alleged to stalk their camps at night. Didn't say that they, they were hairy. stalked the camps. The Sorry, watcher. I thought about stalking as in like corn stalks and they're just like stomping around eating corn. So we did a spirit guide drawing for this girl and I saw this creature that was referred to as a watcher because I, I watched a TikTok about this lady who was like, I see this spiritual being that is absolutely bigger than our existence. Mm-hmm. That is resides on the court, like the edge or horizon of the world, and you never gets closer because when you walk towards them, they are still just as large. You never get closer to them because they're outside of our world. So no, it is not the same thing. I don't know, but if Bigfoots are interdimensional <laughs> creatures, maybe it's the same thing. Nope, I'm just here to be the devil's advocate. And I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> In the region that is now known as Mississippi. A French Jesuit priest was living in the Natchez in 1971 and reported stories of hairy creatures in the forest known to scream loudly and steal livestock. That's one of the first recorded documentaries I watched as a little kid that got me hooked on Bigfoot. Really? Was the recap of that situation. And they actually, in the documentary I saw, this is probably when I was maybe six or seven, Mm -hmm. they actually played the audio recording of the scream of the Bigfoot at that lake. And oh, at the lake. Okay. And it's just chilling. So wow. that had me hooked. That's cool. I was like 1721. They had recordings. No, no, no. I got it. It's a recording from the same area. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So 
Ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most creatures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history, expressing the need for some, quote, larger-than-life creature. Each language had its own name for the creature featured in the local versions of every legend. Many name means something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, although other names describe common actions that it was said to perform, such as eating clams or shaking trees. Again, it sounds like me in the wild. Chief Michelle of the, and I'm sorry if I mess this up, I think it's Nalaka Pamo or Pamau at Lytton, British Columbia, said that there was such a story told by Charles Hill Tout in 1898. So I guess there was a giant thing that was eating clams and shaking trees in British Columbia. That's also me. Do you like clams? No. You just like eating them when you're only in your just big foot like form? Just Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Sitalis, I think that's how you say sit ales, people tell stories about Suskets. So Suskets are a shape-shifting creature that protects the forest. Are you a Suskette? Shape-shifting creature that what protects that the forest? Like? Sasquatch? I don't know. It's shape-shifter, though. It is. What does it shape-shift into? Bears? Bigfoot? And? <laughs> if it's a shape-shifter, he's got to have another shape. <laughs> what? That's very shape-shiftist of you to say. Not all shapeshifters have a large repertoire of forms. Or oh, you are a shapeshifter. Then? You don't know that. What are you shape? You ever seen you? me and Bigfoot in the same room? So are you saying you sh- you shapeshift into Bigfoot because that would be another shape, would it not? Aha! <laughs> but but that's not my natural form. Just like your natural form isn't Emily. It's actually Batman. But I have another shape. Shape-shifting. For the longest time, when Emily and I first became friends, she just texted me and I thought I was getting trolled by some person at band camp. Well, she didn't remember the phone number I gave her, so she was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do today. For literally four hours, she's like, I'm Batman. And I was like, no, you're not. And you're then- pranking me. Liv, if you ever want to pull a prank on Liv, she plays for it. Like, she plays into it. Other people would have stopped. She was just... No, you're not. Who are you? Yeah, but on the off chance you were someone from band camp and I was going to be popular, I was going to play that for as long as I could. Finally, I met M after the scenario and I was like, you're not actually Batman, you're M. And she's like, have you ever seen me and Batman in the same room? And I was like... She's just pushing random buttons now at this point. No, I really meant to hit the other one and I just hit the wrong one again. (laughs) I told you we need to label them. No, it can't. (laughs) Okay. Anyways... The Suskets, I have to find it in my notes, were a creature that was shape-shifting and protecting the forest. The name Sasquatch is the anglicized version of Suskets, roughly translating to hairy man in the Helicomalayam language. I think that's how you say that. Members of the Lumi tell tales about creatures known as Tiskemius. No, Tiskemius. Tiskemius. The stories are similar to each other in the general description of Tuskemakus, but details differ among various family accounts concerning the creature's diet and activities. I hope it includes screaming at trees and staring into the sun, because that's also things that I do. Okay. You got something to say about that, Emily? Good. Some regional versions tell of a more threatening creature, the Sataya or the Kiwi-Kiwi-I, Kiwi-Kiwi-I, sorry. They're like, you're an idiot. You can say this. I think it's Stahaya and the 
Quiquiai, are the nocturnal race. And children were warned against saying the creature's name uh, because if they did, the monsters would come and carry them off to be killed. Do you know what they look like? The Quiquiai? Yeah, you should talk to one as a psychic medium. Tell me what they look like. Do they have big eyes? I feel like it's uh, just an interpretation of those scary women that snatch people. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I mean, nowadays, though, if you tell a child not to say something like that, and I'm speaking to, like, specifically the Gen, what is it, Gen Zers? Yeah, Gen Zers. The Gen Zers are immediately going to be like, I'm going to say it. You are a Gen Z. I am not. (laughs) We're not having this discussion today. Moving on. The Iroquois tell an aggressive hair-covered giant with rock-hard skin known as the Otea Yar... Otne Yarhe. Otne Yarhe. There we go. Or Stone Giant, more commonly referred to as the Genosqua. In 1847, Paul Kane reported stories by the natives of Skukums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living on the peak of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington. Let's start a conspiracy series saying conspiracy theory series saying that the Skakuams are the result of the Mount St. Helens explosion, because why not? Also related to this area was an alleged incident at 1924 in which a violent encounter between a group of gold prospectors and a group of ape men occurred. That was another one of the stories that Again, reeled me in and kept me hooked. The gold prospectors? Correct. What was your favorite part of watching that as a child? What was the one that you were like, oh my God. The reenactment of these men in their little cabin while rocks and boulders were raining down throughout the entire evening until the sun came up. And then when they came out, they couldn't determine where all that stuff came from and Whatever was picking up these boulders, the size of these boulders, no man could pick up and throw. Wow. So. Is this why you like the King Kong movies and the Godzilla movies, the original ones? I wouldn't say that's the same reason or. Okay. They're really connected, but. <laughs> and brought up King Kong or something during the YouTube video. And I was like, wow, I used well, to I watch I brought it those. up during this too. Did you? Yes. Yep. Wow. Because that's what I think of with Sas- Sasquatch is a big ape. Climbing, Donkey Kong. <coughs> climbing up giant skyscrapers. Throwing barrels at Peach so or Mario. Mountain Man was like, you have a funny brain. Let's make it funnier. <laughs> That's a good one. And the reason I don't think they're an ape is mainly because they walk more like a man. They yeah. don't, their, their bipedal gait is more humanoid than it is ape or gorilla or... You Kangaroo. Know, exactly. That kind of stuff, so. The baby on our podcast? <laughs> Sorry. In 1924, this violent encounter for these allegations were reported on the 16th of July, 1924, in the issue of The Oregonian and have become a popular piece of Bigfoot lore within the area and is now referred to as Ape Canyon. The uh, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt wrote in his 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter, of a story he was told by an elderly mountain man named Bauman, in which a foul-smelling bipedal creature ransacked his beaver-trapping camp, stalked him, later became hostile, and fatally broke his companion's neck in the wilderness near the Idaho-Montana border. Roosevelt does note that Bauman appeared fearful while telling the story, but 
attributed the trapper's folkloric German ancestry to his potentially influenced story. Dun dun. There's also less menacing versions of alleged Bigfoots that have also been recorded, such as one by Reverend Elkanah Walker from 1840. Walker was a Protestant missionary who recorded stories of giants among the natives living near Spokane, Washington. These giants were said to live on and around the peaks of the nearby mountains, stealing salmon from the fisherman's net. I just like the word Spokane. I think (laughs) it was fun. So if it's not a Bigfoot, what do you guys think it could be? Um, you're not allowed to say anything because you know the answers. No, I think they're Bigfoot. <laughs> Dad's like, I'm laying down the law. There's nothing else besides the Bigfoots. That's it. Yeah, but that's it- that's when the big mountain man was like showing me some brown butt of a big animal. That and, and he was like, well, a lot of people mostly just see specific animals that are quadrupedal, meaning they're on four legs trying to eat things out of trees so they appear bigger than they actually are thank you for that lovely segu into my misidentification <laughs> of what scientists think actual bidfoots are mis misidentified as the first one being bears black bears and grizzlies bears grizzly bears to be specific that are in the right place at the right time and in the correct environment and the most correct positions according to scientists <laughs> I need more coffee. So black bears stand around five to seven feet tall, which I guess if black bears are native to Florida can be the skunk apes that people are talking about or escaped apes, which I also think is a fun thing to say escaped apes because they're about five to seven feet tall. And that is usually what people will say is a small adolescent Sasquatch. However, grizzly bears stand about eight to nine feet tall, and that is usually about what people say adult Sasquatches are. So in 2007, there are trail photos of juvenile Sasquatches, alleged juvenile Sasquatch, in Pennsylvania. The game commission dismissed it as a black bear with mange. However, in this 2007 trail photo, there was a scientist named Vanessa Woods who took the dimensions from the photo that the PA Game Commission dismissed as a black bear with mange and said that even though it does look like a mangy black bear, if you take the photo subject's approximate measurements of its appendages, their arms measured to be about 22 inches long and their torso was about 18.75 inches long. And those are closer to the proportions of a chimpanzee than that of any sort of black bear or grizzly bear that could be found in the surrounding areas. So they're like, It walks more like an ape on four feet with bad hair than a grizzly bear with bad hair. You're welcome. Now, moving on. The other misidentification, you know, rebuttal from scientists is that they are escaped apes. Most notably in southeastern United States, these claims of skunk apes are given or denoted to having like actual escaped apes because I guess in Florida there's no rules and people just have apes if they want to and they're just like be free I'd believe that no like yeah it makes me think about that like tiger tiger dude you know who had all those tigers same reason they have 30 foot long pythons in the Everglades (laughs) and the Everglades people kept them then decided they didn't want them or they escaped Mm. and then they took over their surrounding environment yeah or the skunk apes are smaller Sasquatches 
that are better equipped to running through the harsh environment of Florida to it's escape. It's just me in a ghillie suit. <laughs> I think that happens in Florida. What are those things called in Florida? <laughs> Something with a grass? No, they're in Ohio. What? Grassman is Ohio. Oh, Grassman is Ohio. I thought Ohio. it was Florida. What, hap- what happens in Florida then? Skunk apes. God dang it. <laughs> it makes more sense that it's grass because they like come out of the seaweed. I don't know, dude. God dang it, Bobby. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> it's okay. You just stay over there with your Sasquatch and your and your Yeti and just be friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many names for these things. You're adding the skunk ape to the tea party of confusion. What are the what's the grass thing called? Grassman. 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 Ah, sorry. <laughs> again yeah goodness gracious (laughs) all right so humans are also one of the things that scientists think could be a reasoning behind bigfoots humans have been mistaken for bigfoot before with some incidents leading to injuries in 2013 a 20 year old man in oklahoma was arrested after he told law enforcement that he accidentally shot his friend in the back while their group was allegedly hunting for bigfoot i am telling you right now that if we go sasquatch hunting and someone doesn't shoot me in the back specifically you thinking that i was a bigfoot i'm gonna be highly offended can we go to the mountains the mountains push me off it no, go to, go to an Airbnb in the mountains and search for Bigfoot. Yeah. And we can also go snipe hunting since you missed that part <gasps> of your childhood. I'll get a bag. I'll do my goodest pretend. Just, <laughs> ah, holy crap. <laughs> yes, please. I'll play along. Patreon content. <laughs> Only if I can dress up like Russell from Up. We already have a Russell. <laughs> He'll keep you dress up. <laughs> not fair i want to be russell even if my name isn't russell in 2017 a shamanist wearing clothes made of animal furs was vacationing in north carolina in the forest when locals reported an alleged bigfoot the greenville police department issued a public notice not to shoot bigfoot in fear of someone in a fur suit mistakenly being injured or killed in 2018, a person was shot multiple times by a hunter near Helena, Montana, who claimed he mistook the man for Bigfoot. Additionally, some have attributed feral humans or hermits, which is just my favorite. Yeah, I like, what be, the heck is a feral human? I want to be known as a feral human. <laughs> like, that's literally the, why we have the word feral is because of humans. TM, TM, TM. We're putting that on a shirt. God. It's going to be our Sasquatch collection. We're not having a Sasquatch collection. Yes, it could we be are. a part of your spoopy poopy collection. Now nah, we're gonna need two. Nah, spoopy poopy. Feral human, just on the top of it. <laughs> TM TM. Okay, so feral humans are hermits living in the wilderness as being another explanation for alleged Bigfoot sightings. One famous story: the Wildmen of, Nav- sorry, the Wildmen of Navidad tells of a wild ape man who roamed the wilderness of eastern Texas in the mid-19th century, stealing food and goods from local residents. A search party allegedly captured an escaped African-American slave who was attributed to the story. During the 1980s, this is the saddest of the two, a number of psychologically damaged American Vietnam veterans were stated by the state of Washington's Veterans Affair Director Randy Fisher to have been living in the remote wooded areas of the state, and people thought that they were a family of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But they're not tall enough. No, they're they wouldn't be big enough. I feel like any, Bigfoot. Any, anybody who's a human, unless they're uh, Andre the Giant or bigger, <laughs> would uh, could never be confused as a Bigfoot. Yeah, at least not by a competent person. 
Exactly. That is a very nice way to say that these people don't have their eye hole holes and their brain hooked up correctly. They got to go do something. Go to the doctor. Next of the misinterpretations is a phenomenon called, I think it's pareidolia, which is the fact that humans as a species are really, really good at picking up other things that are living, specifically faces and pareidolia, pareidolia, yeah, pareidolia is seeing human faces and figures within our natural environment. So like when you see Jesus in a potato chip or like butterflies in the clouds or like those little notchy things in the trees that look like old people faces, that's that's that. So they're like, that's the Bigfoots. It's just people seeing faces and potato chips and shit. Okay, other hypotheses, which go into a little bit about what dad was talking about, which is the uh, evolutionary concept of Bigfoot existing. So Gigantopithecus black eye is an extant species of Southeast Asian ape theorized to have crossed the Bering Land Bridge a long time ago. However, Gigantopithecus has never been discovered in the fossil record of North America. And the scientists who hypothesize that they were able to cross the Bering Land Bridge, also think that they were supposedly bipedal because of a single mandible that they found in Asia, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I get I get where the, 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 the theory is, the hypothesis is coming from, but I don't know how you figure out an entire species is bipedal off of one mandible found on a different continent. But... I mean, all the continents used to be like together at one point, bearing land bridge or not. So the fact that it was in Asia could also mean that at one point it was in North America and then just like had a really nice road trip in a small beetle bug and like drove off a cliff into the sunshine. So, you know, but no fossils in North America have been found of Gigantopithecus and they're not even a part of the hominid group. So this sort of species itself is actually more related to orangutans than anything else. And orangutans aren't as closely related to us as chimpanzees. And orangutans don't walk on two legs as much as other subspecies such as bonobos or chimps. So it's just the evolutionary thing about it. But some suggest that Neanderthal, Homo erectus, and Homo heidelbergensis are creatures that could have at some point in time created Bigfoot because there are Homo erectus and Neanderthal bones in North America, actually. But like all other giant apes, no remains of these species have been found in the Americas. So I take that back. Although I feel like that is not right. I feel like I've heard about those things being found, like fossils being found no. in North America. No, there's never been any fossils or remains of what's considered a Bigfoot and that's well not, not a not a Bigfoot but Neanderthal oh. Homo erectus and Homo Heidelberg Heidelbergnesis okay I'm not aware of that yeah I don't know either but anyways what do you guys have to say about any of those things nothing from the peanut gallery wait I hate that one hang on also not the right one yeah wow <laughs> I found it Three out of three. <laughs> what do you think about it, Liv? What is your opinion? My opinion is that of... Uh, now I can't find it. 
What do you mean find it? It's your opinion. <laughs> oh, no. My opinion is that of Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall is a primatologist, famous primatologist, and her uh, idea of it after asked in multiple interviews is basically, I really hope it exists. It kind of makes sense with evolution. Like there's a possibility of it existing, but also there hasn't been any bones found. So like, that's not cool and it doesn't help everyone's case. But I also really hope that it, that it's real because it makes sense, but also there's not like proof of it, but also there's thousands of species existing right now that people don't even know exist. And when we do find the fact that they exist, you're going to be like, wow, it does exist. So it's, I feel like it's one of those things. You should talk well, to a Bigfoot. <laughs> I, that's uh, one of the things that I guess, uh, I don't know if it confuses me or, or whatnot, but given your two having the ability to speak to spirits. Mm. You're like, talk to a dead Bigfoot. Exactly. Do it, do it now. Do it, do exactly. it. Live. Something spirit that claims it was a Bigfoot. Now, Emily's... Uh, mountain man re- exactly <laughs> you know is as close i guess as we can get but i would think it'd be more more you know you guys would have spoken to something or confirmed it mm-hmm. and olivia's told me in a uh, uh one of her, her little video clips where they hang a uh, a uh, object and it if it spins one direction it's true if it spins another direction it's false the pendulum the pendulum mm-hmm. and that confirmed that bigfoot doesn't exist but i still don't believe it well There's too many stories it's that it doesn't exist in a different plane of reality but again i like have confidence issues with pendulums now because i asked my pendulum a question and it was wrong so i'm like was it wrong or was it that it couldn't answer in a yes or no question sorry i think it no it's spun in a it's spun in a direct answer but it's also, I feel like pendulums are like genies. They're like, you have to be more more Dude, specific. Talk to a Bigfoot. I feel like Bigfoots are real. Then talk to one. I mean, when you look at the evidence, and most the most solid evidence that's been found are the footprints. And some footprints are faked. Obviously, there's hoaxes with everything. But a lot of them are very authentic. And when you have certain scientists examine them, especially people who know bone structure and the way weight moves through a footstep and how that creates the footprint or the impact. There's many, many, many examples of casts that show deformities that you would not, nobody would be able to make in a fake footprint or a fake device that would create a footprint and then simultaneously be able to apply in the action of making the footprint, the way the step, the weight shifts through the foot to create that perfect footprint that has been captured and documented. The biomechanics of the footprint. Exactly. Mm. And again, you can't just dismiss that as a hoax. Yeah. And I, I go back to, they've never been found. There's no outside of one video or maybe there's a couple, but one video that I say is, conclusive there's no other real uh photographic evidence or video evidence how that is in this day and age i can't explain as well as there's there's no bodies or grave sites or you know just uh bones or fossils that you know can be tied back or 
would explain the unexplained or tie to something that is unexplained and fit the dimensions and the, the uh, descriptions of uh, what people claim are Bigfoot. Yeah. As a psychic medium, I do think that they exist. I think it's plausible to say that they exist within our plane, but they also do that weird bloopy blip thing that M was talking about. Because I feel like I'm talking to a female Bigfoot, and I know you're talking to one of the mountain men, and I know you think the mountain man man thing is a, a Bigfoot. Oh, you told me that. Well, love. no, no. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, is that for different, there's different geographical names for Bigfoot and Sasquatch, and one of them is the old men of the mountain, and that's what people from West Virginia call Bigfoot. And I think it's funny that you're talking to what could be known as An one of the old men of, of, of yes yeah and you don't know that that's one of those things so i think that's spirit's way of making it easy for you to talk to them yeah because i would not walk in here and be like i'm talking to a hairy man yeah but i talk to animals all the time and i know that's something yeah, that's like you, but this is weird because i feel like there's this big giant female uh sasquatch oh does she have a baby she talks about it and um it, I is laughed. there a scientist that talks to her possibly I think there's two females that talk to her because I saw the female one and then I saw the male one. Well, I'm glad that you're seeing the same thing. Well, that's good. I think that's on a different plane of existence because the female scientist tells me about more things about Marvel and parallel universes. Well, uh, dad was talking about the biomechanics of footprints and uh, I laughed because I was like, am I really talking to a female Sasquatch right now? And uh, I was like, okay, well, if I'm talking to a female Sasquatch, why the fuck can I see? Like, why aren't there any bones found of you guys? Because you guys got to die if you're because she's explained it to me as they do reside in this plane of existence almost physically, which is why people can smell them. Like it's like you said, it's closer to our plane of existence than mermaids. Yeah. So I feel like the mermaids that people found washed up on shore, like the scary ones could be related to like my past life, that fucking weird ass shit that comes up from the bottom of the ocean. But the mermaids that we're talking about, the little mermaid mermaids are too far away that you actually are seeing them more like spiritually than physically. But since Bigfoot is so close, it really is like that Mandela effect, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. I was not in the mind frame to think about this last week. Yeah, because the scientist, this female scientist, shows me it like the movie Doctor Strange, where he goes into a parallel universe, and it's like he goes to a parallel universe where he doesn't exist because he died doing something. So things are just slightly off, and things are just there's things there that aren't there where he exists, mm-hmm. and that's what they're using to explain existence would be similar to what it is here now. However, there's Bigfoot that exists, which is why it's easy for them to like bump into each other. Well, they're telling me that for Bigfoots, it's almost like it's easy for them to blip in and out of existence. It's not like something that's hard for them, if that makes any sense. So like when it does happen, it is just like walking forward, if that makes any sense. Because she shows me it's like this weird sort of popping sound, but you feel it instead of actually hear it. Is it because they don't exist here? So it's easier because... I'm asking her why wouldn't that happen with everything? Well, because we're rooted in one timeline. But you're saying that Bigfoot's not. It's like, okay, <laughs> going back into string theory, when we talk about that in parallel universes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can have two strings that make one piece of yarn, right? It's okay. like the strings overlap and like fray into each other. Well, so yeah. in the spaces in which they fray, that's mm-hmm. where they blip in and then back out. Yes. 
So it's like, what is it? Synonymous almost. But anyways, I was like, how the fuck am I talking to a Bigfoot? That doesn't make any sense. So I'm glad you're talking to some weird female thing that this thing is talking about talking to. Well, before you said anything, I was trying to talk to a Bigfoot and I saw a big scary creature that was growling at me and then picked up a baby and then there's a scientist talking to them and they show me like the idea of like Tarzan and the lady that like found Tarzan there because she studied apes yeah makes sense Jane yeah is that what the lady's name is because that was that was my next question I was like is this the same person but from a parallel universe Ah, because she was explaining that people don't do that because we already exist in this. Plane Wait, that would be fucking wild. Which That's is what why I'm Jane- saying. <laughs> okay, I get it. Well, her I'm name is thinking- Jane, right? <laughs> is that why Jane Goodall thinks that uh, Bigfoots exist because one facet of her actual existence in another parallel universe understands that it exists? Yes, because mm. I wrote down this mountain band says it's because we remember from the other parallel universe. Got it. Because we're that close. Well, I was wondering <laughs> if they're physically here and then physically not because of the like string theory dimensional bump. Then I was like, why the fuck can't we find your bones? And she's like, give it a couple thousand years or hundred of thousands of years when you guys, if you guys still exist in this plane, that's when you guys are going to find the bones because some of us do die in this dimension and the other ones die in the other dimension. So it's just going to be harder to find it in the fossil record. You're welcome. <laughs> No, that that name thing freaks me out. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put that together. I was just like Tarzan and Jane because yeah, when I was that's little, why I was explaining that because I was like, her name's Jane, right? No, but that makes sense. That's like, I hate you. I hate. Both I know. Of you. <laughs> I was all why, you, why are you bringing me into this? Because you had this little. Tw- I didn't expect you we, of all people to be like. You gonna talk to a Bigfoot? You yeah. had like fucking well, I Santa Claus twinkle in your eye over there asking me that question. I was like, to no. get you to talk to it, but you ignored me last in the video. Yeah, I did. But I saw the Santa Claus twinkle in Dad's eye, and he just I couldn't. just thought it would be more common that you would be able to do that, or that you would have a spirit would step forward and claim or come across that they weren't human, <laughs> and yeah, you know, that would be. I guess a step closer to confirmation in my world, but. Oh, you really do believe in what we do. Yes. That makes me really happy. I'm going to cry later about it. It's fine. Also, because you know how big Bigfoots are? Like the top of her head almost touches Fuck my into ceiling. Into the microphone. Does that make sense? Is oh, that yeah. about the right? Because it's like well, she is like this much from the top of her head to my ceiling. I, I mean, they're, again, they're upwards of 10, 12 feet tall. Okay. Or can be. Or yeah. people have claimed by using, you know, yeah, gauging yeah. relative size to the objects where they saw them. I would say her shoulders are like two of my door frames. What? She's like nine or ten feet tall, but she's like four feet taller than me, and I'm five foot. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying her like her shoulders are like two of my door frames put together. Maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Probably like Five feet across. Mm. Oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant like put them on top of each other. It's like, she's not that big. Holy oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying like shoulder width. But anyways, <laughs> it's really weird. You're welcome. I'm glad that you could talk to a Bigfoot and I can validate it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and dad's having fun over in the corner. Okay. Well, since we talked about that, let me give you some fun facts about Bigfoot. And then I want dad to share his stories. And I'm going to share the story that I heard on the internet. So, fun facts. Homo sapiens cognatus. That is the actual zoological name or binomial nomenclature that has been given to Bigfoot. 
And just because we can't prove that it exists yet in our dimension, scientists are, I guess, in science legality, able to give it a name. So Homo sapiens cognatus actually means related by blood, and it's the zoological proposed name given to the specific North American species of Bigfoot. Other people and animals were named Bigfoot before Bigfoot was a cryptid creature. So Wyandotte Chief was given the name Bigfoot because he had big feet and was a large human. Potawatomi Chief Mamuskuk was also known as Chief Bigfoot, and I'm sorry if I said his name wrong, and is now synonymously known today in Walworth County, Wisconsin, as a state park and a school name for him, which is really cool. Also, William A. Wallace was a famous Texas Ranger and is now the namefoot, namefoot, is the namesake of Bigfoot, Texas, because I guess this dude was like, not in my town, and he had big feet and would just like walk in like the dude from SpongeBob in the Salty Spittoon and just like kick down the door. And they're like, damn, you got big feet. They're like, Bigfoot, Texas, makes sense. Anyways, we also have the, the Lakota leader who was named Spotted Elk, but his nickname, his, uh, his, his street name, Street Screet, was Bigfoot because he was also a large person. And there were two large grizzly bears in Fresno, California that were named Bigfoot. In 1895, they were able to bring down this giant grizzly bear that approximately weighed 2,000 pounds. Could you imagine a 2,000-pound grizzly bear? That's a big bear. 15 years of stealing people's sheep and you get to be 2,000 pounds. I told them that I don't understand why humans feel the need to kill things that are that big because at that point, they're a deity and you just got to be like, I respect you. You did something fucking hellaciously awesome to be 2,000 pounds and I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let it happen makes me sad that people do that. I want to see a 2,000-pound grizzly bear just, like, smacking its lip on some sheep. Just, ah, bah, bah, bah. You know how they do I those? not. They do those weird things with their lips. Bears or sheep? Yes. No, bears. <laughs> that was, it's a circle of life. Anyways, there was also another grizzly bear that was um, taken down in Idaho in 1890 or 1900 because they don't remember. It's, like, 500 to 1,000 years old of the petroglyph. Same thing. And that was another very large grizzly bear. I don't think he was quite 2,000 pounds, but to be eating potatoes in Idaho to get that big, he's just eating tater tots, let's be real. So the other geographical names of Bigfoot and Sasquatch in the uh, Norte America terms for them are by state. Ohio, I guess they call him the grass man. And Florida, what, you got something to say about that? I just, ah. <laughs> In Florida, they call him a skunk ape. In Arkansas, I know it's Arkansas, get over it. Uh, they call him the fluke monster, which makes me think about like flukes are another name for like nematodes and like flatworms. And it just makes me think about this giant, disgusting flatworm that wears like a detective's hat. And he's like, I'm the fluke monster. Um, this is this is my favorite. In Virginia, they call Bigfoot the wood booger. And it's spelled like a booger that you flick out of your nose. What's in Virginia? Yeah. Where the mountains are? Where the mountain men are? Well, that's West different? Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. You got Virginia and West Virginia. There's a difference. <laughs> anyway. Because they have different Bigfoots names there. <laughs> they do. They got uh, Whitehall or Whithall, New York is called the Monster of Whithall. Very, very, very creative New York. Not not like you could go get some coffee and find a better name for your, for your monster. Then you got 
Missouri, Missouri calls Bigfoot Momo. Insert avatar clip here. You know, like when Momo turns around, he's like, oh, makes that weird ass noise. No. You just got Bigfoot. Wait, remember when they used Momo and Momo is like in in the the suit for the Fire Nation warrior and his head's just popping out and people are like, oh, it's really scary. You just got Bigfoot with the head of Momo. Eating clams and stealing fish out of your nets. I hate you. Just <laughs> laugh at my jokes. All right. So Louisiana has the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Michigan has the Dewey Lake Monster. Arizona has got the Mogollon, Mogollon Monster. Southern Illinois specifically has the Big Muddy Monster. So then what about Northern Illinois? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> There's no Bigfoot there. <laughs> I, I, they're just in Southern Civilized Illinois. Civilized up there. Is yeah, that the where North. Chicago is? Chicago. Because like I said, you wouldn't see it like a Bigfoot in Chicago. It's too populated. He's got a about. briefcase. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where Chicago is. <laughs> oh, goodness. And then people also call him the Bushman, the Tree Man, and the Wild Man. Dad, tell me your story. Tell me the tales of the Bigfoots. So I have a good friend. He's very private. Does not look in any way, shape, or form for the limelight. What about the lemon light? That either. (laughs) Too much citrus. He he wants no spotlight shown on him. Okay. Or shined upon him. So he has uh, several farms, and shortly after he built his house on, on the farm, he and his wife at the time were uh, sitting. It was a summer night. Uh, it was already dark. They had all the windows in the house open, and they're watching TV. And he's, well, let me step back. Let me step back. So I go down to visit him a few years ago, maybe five years ago or so. And I'm, we're standing out back looking over the part of, part of his farm that is sort of right behind his house. And I look over at the one hillside and I see a tree that's broke, literally snapped off about 12, 15 feet off the ground. And it's just snapped clean. And every other tree in, around is fine. And this is a big tree. It's probably, I'd say, four inches in diameter. So I look at it and I says, what happened to that tree? And he says, you know, funny story. And he says, I'll, do you you know, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? He says, I believe in it. He says, well, I've got a story, to, you know, to tell you. And that's how this started. And again, he would have never said anything about this had I not noticed this tree. Because he doesn't like lemons in his eyes. Exactly. Got it. And so we go on to, on. he starts to tell me his story. But anyway, it goes back to he and his wife are sitting in the house. It's a summer night. And the windows are open. And he says, all of a sudden, his wife says, I don't hear anything outside. So where you normally hear all the crickets and the night out or the night noises, you know, ringing through the house. They, it's eerily quiet. Mm-hmm. He says, so they don't think anything of it. He says, a few minutes later, it starts to smell like sewage. <laughs> he says, I mean, it stinks. And he can't figure out where the smell would be coming from. So they're walking around the house. So then he goes outside and he turns the lights on. Doesn't see anything. He's walking around trying to figure out what the smell is. So again, doesn't think anything of it. They close up the windows and move on. So then it's maybe a couple days later. He's out on part of the farm 
and he sees trees bent over. And Are they touching their toes? No, but one of the things you'll find with Bigfoot, where Bigfoot either take up residence or stop because no uh, bigfoot are typically nomadic they travel from place to place to place and dimension 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 and possibly that too but they make what they call tree huts Mm -hmm. so they take two trees and they bend them over and again these are big trees and they intertwine them and they look like a an arch Mm. and they'll do that and that typically symbolizes their that's how they mark their territory or they will take trees and they snap them off. They reach up and they literally just bend them. And again, it's just snapped off clean. So it takes something that's tremendously strong to be able to do that. And and it's well above where people would, would be able to even try to do it if you wanted to do it. Now, again, my friend lives out. It's very rural. His neighbors are literally, you know, half mile, mile away from him. So it's not like there's kids playing and it's all farmland, um, or mostly farmland. So that was his first, if you want to say, he's scratching his head, what could be doing this? So then he starts to, you know, investigate, and he goes on the internet, he finds tree snaps, he finds the tree arches where they bend the trees over, and probably about, maybe it's been three, four, well, maybe five years ago by now, he's home, the one night and he hears like giggling. So, okay. Who's outside my house? The black eyed children asking for ketchup on their apple. It could be. Okay. So he hears this giggling. So he steps out on his porch and it's down over the hill by his big pond. Then he hears like response giggling. And he says, it's, you know, maybe a quarter mile away on the other portion of the property and then he says you know then I can hear you know noise at the back end of the property closer to his neighbor's like property line and he so he says I hear this and again I can't figure out what it is but it's not human and it's in a tone or pitch that he's never heard that before and it's coming from you know, again, certain distances and different directions on his property. So it stops. He goes back in the house. Then a day, a couple days later or a day later, again, he hears a commotion down by his pond. And this is all during the summer. It's all summertime. So he says, again, I step out on the porch. Now I'm hearing more grunting, louder laughing, and it's all on the one end of his pond that's by the dam of his pond or by the, yeah, I guess it's the dam. And he says, all of a sudden I hear splashing like I've never heard before. And he says, it goes from one end of the dam. Now this dam is maybe 200 yards long. He says it goes from one end of the dam all the way to the other end of the dam. And he hears it come, comes towards his house. It goes away from his house. And he says Whatever this is, there's obviously more than one. And they're having a tickle fight. And they're having doing something. And he says it's unnerving. And my friend, I would say it would take a lot to unnerve him or make him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
Because he doesn't like citrus in his eyes. Bingo. <laughs> and so he goes back in the house and he turns a light on. And he says that was the worst mistake because he wanted to try and go down to see what it was. He says, as soon as I turned the light on, everything stopped. By the time I came back out of the house, everything had stopped. So he went back in the house. The next day he goes down to his lake and where there's normally knee deep high grass, all of the grass is pushed over because of water. And he said, so whatever was in his lake was throwing so much water up onto the dam that it uh, bent the grass over. Wow. Fish were thrown up onto the dam. So again, he says, this is just, you know, unbelievable. What could have done this? And so again, he's convinced it was Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Other things happened. So he's doing more research. And then he finds the Bigfoot research research organization. He reaches out to them, says his stories and, you know, what his evidence is. And they said, would you mind we come out to the property? So he says, that's fine. So they came out, spent three days on the property. And 24-7, they camped out in the woods on the property, different fields on the property. But the one day he said they came up to the house and then he took them back out to the field or to the edge of this where there's a a forest on the property. And he said they wanted to go back in and and walk around this area and investigate the tree arches and then some, again, where these trees are snapped off. So he said he's sitting at the edge of the woods. It's at the edge of a cornfield in the forest. And he's got his utility vehicle facing towards the cornfield, looking over the hillside, and the woods are to his back. So he says the the researchers go into the woods in one direction. And he says, you know, it's maybe a half hour, 40 minutes later. And all of a sudden he starts hearing stuff, sounds like rocks hitting his utility vehicle. And Uh, he was sitting in it? He's sitting in it. Mm -hmm. And it has a roof and like a dump bed on the back. So it's a, you know, like a bigger type gator utility vehicle. And so he's not thinking anything of it. And he, he, I mean, he's presuming it's these guys screwing around with them. So they come back and they come out in a direction that's opposite of where he's, you know, opposite and to his right of where he's facing and they come up to the vehicle and he's like, ha, 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 funny guys. And they're like, what? And he says, oh, you know, you're, I heard you throwing stuff at the, at, at the vehicle. And, he's, mm-hmm. and they basically said, no, that wasn't us. So they proceeded to look around the vehicle and they found all these nuts. Emily, can I have your sound effect? And so they Which gathered one? the nuts and they said, that wasn't us. We were out in that direction. We walked in here, circled around. And they're like, when, when did this happen? He says it was probably about half hour, 40 minutes after you guys entered the woods that started happening. And I just figured you were messing with me and I didn't pay no attention to it. So anyway, they took the nuts and they said, can we, you know, have these? And he says, yeah, sure. That was pretty much wrapped up. I think that day wrapped up their research on the property, but they came back to him like two days later and said, those nuts aren't nat- aren't natural to anywhere in your county. What kind were they? I don't remember what they were specifically, but they're only found in West Virginia. 
I shouldn't say only found, but the nearest place they would be found would be West Virginia. So he said, whatever, you know, threw those nuts, carried them from West Virginia. Wow. And there were several, you know, maybe two dozen, three dozen that they picked up. Anyway, so my friend was very freaked out, but he's very convinced that, again, he had Bigfoot living on his property, or at least staying there for, you know, probably two summers. He never saw any footprint activity, which I guess may or may not be surprising based on the type of property. I mean, there isn't a lot of areas where you have soft dirt where if something stepped, it would leave a footprint. Mm -hmm. But the other thing he said that was very interesting is he found numerous throughout that summer rabbit carcasses where the rabbit was basically skinned as if you picked it up, something put it in its mouth and just peeled the skin off. Ew. And he said no animals would ever eat a rabbit where the skin would be intact. So if it was an eagle that, you know, like the eagles on his yeah, property. Yeah, you like pick or them the, apart. Or exactly, foxes or, or coyotes, they would be chewed apart and not intact. And he said and the other thing that was interesting is there was never any head by the, the scalp or the skin, and there were never any bones. But the skin was intact as if it was just literally like peeled off of the entire rabbit. That's gross. And he said there were, you know, probably at least well over a half dozen where he found them on different parts of his farm or his properties. He just eats them like, uh, they eat them like Shrek. <laughs> Is that how Shrek eats them? He doesn't pull them apart. I don't know. He likes to eat frogs and like eyeballs and like rats on a stick. And one point in the movie, they made a, a snake into a balloon animal. Did he find any snakes made of balloon animals? No. Oh, man. We got to find a Sasquatch and teach him how to make snake balloon animal art. I'm just saying. Anyways. Now, the other thing, too, was he has not experienced. Didn't he have the tree knocking that happened, too? Um, They'll pick up, like, big I giant don't, sticks I don't and, remember like, bang if them he together. Said the tree knocking. But, uh, but again, the tree snaps, the tree arches, uh, giggles, the giggles, the smell the of laughing. raw sewage. And then he said, and the other, you know, noteworthy fact was he said when they were around, if he was out at night, whether he was out on, you know, in his, uh, down by his lakes or, you know, in his, uh, outbuildings, he said when they came around, everything went perfectly silent. Mm-hmm. And that, and again, that I know from other reports, that's a common, uh, that's commonly noted. Because they're like, all the creatures are like, oh, snap, dude's they, about to make me into a, a Dutch hound. Whatever it is, even quiets the crickets, so. Wow. So it was exciting for me to hear that. And I didn't expect that at all from this individual because, again, it just. Uh, he has that's an not aversion his, to citrus that's, fruit. That's not his nature. <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, like I say, fun to share that and have something with somebody I know directly and I trust completely. So, wow. Yeah. So the story that I heard was from Ohio, a dude that lives there. And his story is that he was closer over to like Western PA on a trail. Cause he likes to do hiking and this guy has like a biology degree, you know, astrophysicist. And 
he was over in this like river valley and he heard something walking and he was like, mm, it's fine. It's whatever. And he heard the bird noises and everything like that. And then when he got down to the bottom of this valley, he saw something and noticed that the birds had gone silent. And he was like, that's weird. So he kept walking down the valley and he saw this like movement and that's when he heard these noises and he thought that they were bird noises. But when he realized it was the only noise and not the rest of the birds, because I guess he was walking around like March, January, February, yeah, like March, early to mid-March. And when he noticed that only that noise was the only noise, he was like, that's weird. That doesn't sound like a bird. He said it was like some sort of whooping call almost a bit. And he got down to the river because he went to figure out what was making the noise over the ledge of the canyon or whatever valley that he was walking down. And he heard that it was like a call and response sort of sound. So one would make the whooping down at the bottom of the river. And then he heard it a little bit off into the distance. He said once he got down into the bottom of the ravine, he didn't see anything, but he heard another whooping call. And when he looked up at the top of the ridgeline above the ravine, he saw this big giant white creature go dashing through the trees. Now that freaks me out because it's white, not brown. That's the big synopsis of this story because and it's where? Ohio. Where did you hear this story? On a podcast. Why is it white. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But I'm like, okay, so I thought Sasquatch were the brown ones, right? In Norte America. But then the Yetis and the stuff on the other side of the globe live in the cold mountains and those Wait, ones are white. Is it that cold in Ohio? Well, there are certain types of bunnies and things like that that aren't native there to Are those in Ohio? Ohio, but they're native that to the rest. They're not native to Ohio. <laughs> they're native to the rest of of the United States that there are certain species of United animals. United States. Like foxes and rabbits. Does it get that cold in the United States? In the United States? You have rabbits that yeah. change color here. Yes. Not like Okay, is it Alaska? No. It's like, what is it? Yellowstone? Yellowstone well, has. I know you have the snow hares that are, I mean, they're more white than the grayish brown. But in the, in the springtime, they turn brown. And in the wintertime, they turn white. Same oh, okay. thing with certain types of foxes up in Canada. There's certain Canada. types. <laughs> but Canada isn't that far away from Ohio and PA. Yeah, but Canada's huge. You don't think the United States is huge? Canada is in the upper region of existence. I'm just Earth. saying that it freaks me out because I thought all Sasquatch were brown. I didn't think that they were white unless you're talking well, about I've like heard brown, orange, abominable black. snowmans. That's crazy to me. I mean, me. everybody sees things differently. So, but I mean, there is a distinction, obviously, between white and brown or dark. I'm just saying from a biological standpoint, it is possible that there are animals that in the wintertime are white to blend into their surroundings and then turn brown come springtime, summertime. And if this abominable Sasquatch yeah. is privy to the same ecological adaptations of some other species that are not at all related, then they could turn white in the wintertime and brown in the summertime. The doc wouldn't ask them. I think you should suck a dick. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. But I'm just saying from my own non-mediumship brain, I was like, oh, that's the sound I wanted you to make, by the way. It didn't make any sense. You didn't say anything about a man. What do you mean? You say 
after someone says man, like grass man. Ah. Like he's a superhero. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Duh. How do you not know that? I didn't know it was a superhero sound. I thought it was a sound of like questioned or mystique. It's like night man. Ah. Wow. It's similar to day man. <laughs> ah. Got it. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm about it. So anyways, I just, I heard that story and I was like, wait, I did not expect this man to say that it was white. And then he did. And I was like, now I have to go to Emily's house. So that's where the story ended. But this dude was somewhere on the Pennsylvania, Ohio border and saw a white Yeti or Sasquatch Mm -hmm. of the big footed variety. Weird. Tramsing through the forest. Should be further north. And into another dimension. (sighs) Like in Canada. Presumably. Or Alaska. You know, Alaska would be fun to go to. I would be very scared the whole time. We're going to get eaten by a bear. Alaska is massive. A bear. The bears. So thank you, Daddy-O, for being here. Do you have any closing remarks? No. No? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. What do you guys think? Do you guys think Sasquatch exists within our physical plane? Is it an interdimensional being that resides in the in-between? Or does it not exist at all? And it's just some bear that's on two legs walking around trying to like eat some berries or is injured. It's in a parallel universe. But thank you to our patrons because without you, this wouldn't be possible. And even the ones that can't donate money and have our exclusive content and camaraderie on the Discord server, uh, we also appreciate you because without you, we still wouldn't be here. Isn't that right, Daddy-O? That is right. Daddy-O isn't even one of our patrons, which is fine. And he's still here. We still appreciate him and his twinkle in his eye of Sasquatch happiness. And if you guys want to be a patron, go to the show notes and you can uh, fund our way to going to a Bigfoot, I don't know, Airbnb place so that we can go and hunt Bigfoot in the future. And Emily can shoot me in the back. (laughs) What, are you going to be walking around in a ghillie suit? (laughs) I'm definitely going to be wearing a wilderness explorer vest. You can bet your tootie that. That is very different than a hairy suit. I'm going to be going... Here, snipey snipe, kakarark, kakarark. Hunting for the wrong thing. You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know if snipe calls bring in bigfoots, big what? feets, big footsies, big tootsies. Do you have a dad joke? I mean, your dad's here. Does your dad have a dad joke? <laughs> dad, do you have a dad joke for us? I do. Woo! Since we were talking earlier about what was it, West Virginia and Virginia? West Virginia. Do yeah. you know how you can tell that the toothbrush wasn't in or was invented in west virginia hang on do it again but come closer i said do you know how you can tell the toothbrush was invented in west virginia it was invented yes it was invented do you know how you can tell because it's my shiny teeth in me no because if it was invented anywhere else it would be called the teeth brush (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) (laughs) wait which one is it dark no yeah 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 that's a good one there we go <laughs> that's a good one i like that wow and if you guys would also like to leave a dad joke in our review section on apple podcast please do so and we'll feature you in our podcast thank you very much and good night we are your meta kicks wow thank you you guys are this is a good time it's okay, I'm M talks through it all the time. Oh no, I do it to piss her off. Yeah.
I bet you're going to have a Bigfoot sighting tonight. It's going to be me in a ghillie suit. In a ghillie suit? Eating an ice cream cone? Yeah. Wow. Well, 